The Tights and Fights podcast, for over six years, a revolutionary force in sports and entertainment. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. See, I'm I'm aggressive today. I'm the three most dangerous letters in sports entertainment, H-A-L, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Dandy Orton, Danielle Radford. Ah, do I have to put up the how many days since Danielle fucked up calendar now? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, is it zero? Uh, no, no, it's at least five. <laughs> oh, well, then we're good. <laughs> Are you drinking a Capri Sun also? Goddamn right I am. Baby needs her sugar rush. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's morning. It's Capri Sun. Yeah. It's Capri Sun time, motherfuckers. Also, we are joined, as always, by R. Kelk O. Lindsay Kelk. Hi. I did enjoy your jazz version of the theme tune, Hal. I gotta mention that. Oh. I was like, it's what I've always... I, do you know what? I was about to say what I've always wanted mm-hmm. to hear is a scat version of Randy Orton's theme tune, and then that took a turn. <laughs> but we'll get to that, I imagine. I imagine Look, we'll get there. It's about oh, the notes sure. you don't hear. <laughs> it's about the bags you don't poop in. That's, that's yeah. what life is, you oh, know? Good Lord. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, Allegedly. 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 Allegedly actually totally happened. In case you couldn't tell, we've got a supersized main event this week, all dedicated to Randy Orton. Let's get ready to Anal bleeding. Whoa! Get a life, kid. Rhymes with shit. Holy shit. WWE I love Kate. Look at this face. And a hard fart victory. Live, Hal. What? Randy Orton has been in WWE since 2002 and has won more championships than most people have in the company's history. And even though he's been going for 20 years and just returned from double fusion back surgery, just wanted to point that out, Randy says he wants to keep wrestling for another decade. That is not a surprise. We've all seen The Wrestler. We know. We know the psychology of this. Doesn't matter. Like, is he going to wrestle himself into, like, a shoebox that he has to live in for the rest of his life? Is that what we're going towards? I mean, uh, the other folks are, are doing it. I don't know how successfully. And I guess they've got all these stem cells now, and they're making new necks out of nothing. Yeah. Like, just chicken wire and hope. Yeah. It's like a child's craft project now, right? Like, it's like, now go home, Timmy, with these two inserts of a toilet roll. And three pipe cleaners and, and 7,000 stem cells and make Randy a new bag. And they do it because that's the kids. The kids can do anything. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess, like, I, if he if he were to take, like, you know, a reduced schedule, I could see it. But I'm also, like, I, re- I, I don't. Look, it's your career. It's your life. Please don't, like, kill yourself for the love of the game. I have a question for both of you before we dig into him a little bit. I was sitting here thinking, like, if somebody asked me. For my top 10 WWE superstars of all time. Like, not my favorites, but just who I think are either by impact or just work rate or anything. 
I don't know that Randy Orton would break that list. And, and it's not because he doesn't deserve to be in a top 10 list. It's because I never think of him over a lot of the bigger names, mm-hmm. like the flashier names. Where does where does Randall Keith Orton sit for you? Am I like, like the guy puts on great matches. He's a good promo. He's had a lot of really interesting characters and, and, uh, ev- and evolution, no pun intended, but right. it happened anyway. So we <laughs> might as well call it out to his career. But do you think he is, is there something that makes him not, uh, like, is there something I'm missing that doesn't put him in that? He's like A A minus or like A instead of A plus. I, I can't explain it. Yeah. Like, there's something to him that just, I see through it. He's like a workhorse, it. you know, um, and he's got like longevity, but I, he doesn't. I'm, for me, I, I feel bad saying this. Like, obviously, he has enough charisma to have the career that he has. He doesn't have the kind of charisma that connects with me personally. Yeah. There we go. Mm. See, that's, I that's used I to be a massive Randy Orton fan. I want to say when I came back at the end of the 2000s and he was riding high mm-hmm. and he was in the middle of everything, I loved him and I loved everything he did. And, you know, I talked that through with my therapist and these issues that I had in my late 20s. <laughs> and I'm like, why do I like this mean man? And they were like, let's talk about your daddy. <laughs> but I was genuinely such a big fan of his work. I loved all of his matches. I remember seeing him work Edge at Madison Square Garden and just like, I lost all of my dicks and all of the dicks of the people around me. No dicks were to be had. They were all in the lost and found at the end of the night because it was so much fun. I don't know. And you're right. You're absolutely right. And I'm trying to pinpoint it because I can't tell you my favorite Randy Orton matches aside from that moment where I was like just in it. And I can't even maybe tell you my favorite Randy Orton storylines. But I'm not frustrated by that in the way I am frustrated by like a Seth Rollins. And I wonder if it's partly because... I then had to spend quite a lot of time being aware of him being a terrible person, which I just saw an article come up on Wrestling Inc. that Randy's done the Impulsive podcast, y'all. Uh, <laughs> and he's talked to Strap a poor brother about some of his previous behavior. And I, I am just going to quote the opening paragraph directly before I finish my thoughts. But it's like, wrestling fans have heard rumors of a younger Randy Orton defecating in the bags of former WWE divas <laughs> Rochelle Lowen and Amy Webber and being a troublemaker in general in the WWE locker room. Now that Orton is a seasoned veteran, he's finally opened up about his past antics, admitting on the Impulsive podcast that he wasn't kind to his fans or peers in his earlier years. 100 and Orton responded when asked if he was a dick in his younger years. Knowing that distanced me from him a little bit. Hearing those rumors, let's say, distanced me from my attachment to him. And also I feel like he as a character is slightly detached, right? Like when I get mad at Seth Rollins, it's like, cause Seth Rollins wants it so fucking bad. And it's like, he wants to impress company daddy. And he just Uh needs to know he's the best ever in the whole world. Even when I'm frustrated and annoyed with his character, I feel like Randy most of the time could, couldn't give two shits. You know, Randy's like, I came in, I got paid. I did the best fucking work. And then I went home. That's, there it is. That, that's the thing, is that he's so good. 
he can phone it in and it's still a good match. Right? But as fans, we can tell because it's like one of those things where I used to have this friend who would say like, oh, well, go in high for the interview. And then when you're high all day long, <laughs> they think that that's just you. Right. Like take your driver's license photo drunk. Right. Like that's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's one of the, so it's one of those things where it's like it. You know, you get used to it and it's like, oh, like this is a great match. And then you see when he actually turns it on and it's like, fuck you. You could have yeah. been doing that the whole time. You could have been doing that the whole time and you only save it for Kofi Kingston. And he winks which... at you over his shoulder. He winks at you over his shoulder and does the double guns and he's like, cool, see you in six months. And But I'm not mad at him about it. That's what I don't understand. It's like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not frustrated at him not excelling to his, the best of his potential. I'm not pissed at Randy for not, achieving xyz i'm just like cool randy and i don't know why i can't explain it well no but but that is what i think limits him like yeah yeah. no i'm not mad about it but it is i think what limits him and takes him out of the conversation is that like he's not one of these dudes who's given 100 or at least it doesn't come off like he's giving 100 all the time well i mean he you know he comes in uh, just everything about him like comes in he's the son of cowboy bob orton he he has the look had been wildly successful and was like the chosen one in OVW. He comes up, he does the Perry Saturn. The first thing I noticed is like, why is he doing the Perry Saturn ring with his arms above his head? Um, but he comes in looking like Nick Carter's older brother. Like he looks like he's in a boy band. Immediate, almost immediately gets injured. Then we start getting the the RNN Randy News Network updates on his injury. Hi. Randy Orton here to talk about the controversy that surrounded last week's Raw. And that being, last week, there was no mention of me, Randy Orton. So I want to take this time to reassure everyone out there that I am alright, and I'll be doing these updates from time to time to let all you fans out there know how my road to recovery is going. There was no, like, sense of who his character was, and I think it took a while for him to get there. Being in Evolution helped, because he's with, you know... Certainly one of the most iconic performers, a guy like Dave Batista, who's always been charismatic. Mm-hmm. So it helps to, it helps him to, to to soak all that up. And Randy Orton. The business is in his blood. Third generation superstar. The man has every gift that a man can be given. To me, the moment that that it turned for him was when he became the legend killer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. like that was that was the first time that I really was invested in him, and I was there like when he when he won the world championship from from and uh, was kicked out of Evolution. Like I was there for all that. It was fine. It was a lot of him wrestling Triple H because Triple H was in every main event. Uh, even even the ones he wasn't in, he somehow was in them with this weird Lemmy. Or no, he didn't have the Lemmy. He was clean shaven then. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it wasn't until he sort of struck out on his own and, and became like the, the evil stuff is what really helped define him. And he connected to that and has always had a shade of that in yes. him. And I think that always keeps him somewhat compelling. But there also is a sense be, because he was this sort of chosen one that that facilitated a lot of terrible behavior yes. and and he was made successful super fast and he probably expected it and uh, you know i know he's been through his own personal 
struggles with a lot of different things. And uh, that certainly, you know, that's an offshoot of that as well. Like there's just, uh, it, there's a lot he had to overcome, which I'm not saying poor him necessarily, but it's interesting to see where he is now, where it seems like he's at least a little more aware <laughs> Of what it means to be a decent human being. Yeah. Not that he's going to make a right. ton of mistakes, but and it you know, is, he's a devoted dad and yeah. all that stuff. Like, it is one of those um, where also he was doing that at the tail end of when everybody had, like, because that stuff was, like, super normal. Yeah. And not only normal, but encouraged. And mm-hmm. that was, like, what it meant to be one of the boys back then. Yeah. And yeah. so he was getting up to that right when everyone was starting to be like, hey, maybe we don't have to be that. Maybe we don't yeah. have to be dicks to each other. Maybe we don't have to poop in a bag. Like, maybe we can just play <laughs> well, video games. Let's not be too hasty about whether or not we got it. Sometimes you got to go. It's hard. You got to go. You got to right? go. <laughs> no, it's so difficult because it's like, if I didn't love his work, would I be prepared to give him so much leeway? You know, and it's like you say, yes, yeah, right. he's acting. He was acting in a way that was expected of him at the time. Uh, you watched some of those early interviews with John Cena. I mean, that interview that came out recently where he said he took a larger lady home with him because it was a bet from the boys. And everyone's like, lol, that's hilarious. And it's like, that's not cool, John. But we that doesn't come up about John so often, that kind of stuff, when it's yeah. like, John was definitely doing these things too. He was in that time frame too. He's just a different person. Looking at this interview with Orton on Impulsive, a lot of the stuff he's saying, he's like, oh my God, I'm looking at footage of myself 10, 15 years ago and I'm horrified by the way I behaved. I'm like, some of this stuff was not 10, 15 years ago, Randall. <laughs> You're dropping N-words in Twitch streams and yeah, like... Twi- Twitch wasn't around Twitch 10 years ago. Twitch wasn't around 10 years ago. And it's so tough because like, I am so torn between pissy Lindsay who wants to hold people accountable for their recent shit and also like Libra Lindsay who says you know maybe everyone gets a chance to grow and change and if they can truly 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 demonstrate that that is the case and that it has come from a genuine place of growth and wanting to be a better person yes and that maybe if you spent the first 25 years of your life just hanging out with Ric Flair and then you know I don't know <laughs> what there. person I would be I don't know who I would be and if you take me out yeah. of that maybe I then get the opportunity to change and grow and stop shitting in bags why is he so difficult to put a pin in he's been doing more or less the same shtick for a real long time he comes out right. there's an archaeo out of nowhere he'll like hit the ground he does the slithery thing i mean it's it's a pretty safe bag of moves <laughs> he looks like buff uh joseph gordon Johnson. Yes. <laughs> they could absolutely do a buddy comedy together and i would be here for it and you know I, jo- I he would get it. super ripped you know he would just get oh joseph gordon levitt yeah. oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. oh no he would be on that and get the tattoos he would do the marvel diet it would be amazing <laughs> oh make it happen someone Someone make it happen. You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> funny. Uh, here in the script, it said he was RKOing all the olds. I think he was using the punt then because I remember him punting Mick Foley in a, in a stairwell and him rolling down the stairs. That was the last well, time we saw him for That a was while. a little bit later because uh, uh, at first he was um, – the RKO was the original legend-killing mm-hmm. device <laughs> um, because he would he, – I remember he did it to Hogan. Right. He did it to Kamala. did it to Kamala. all these people. The punt, his super finisher – uh, didn't come up until he yeah. uh, until he he was going up against. Uh, his, it was like his probably his first real solo push, 
where he wasn't just like a secondary champion who was clearly holding it for a month until Triple H could get it back. But uh, that was mm. when he started, mm-hmm. like, they, they really built that thing up, didn't they? He was, like, killing Vince McMahon every week, and he punted John Cena's yeah. dad in the now, head. See? Remember Aww. that shit? That was crazy. Yeah. This is how we know he's not an entirely <laughs> bad person. He murdered Vince McMahon you know, on the weekly. <laughs> oh, it yeah, it occurs to me that, that what I remember the most about him outside of those, like, uh, like I thought the legacy stuff was fun because I liked Cody and Ted DiBiase mm-hmm. Jr. being there. I yes. thought that was a really I fun that was a really fun thing. Rated RKO was fun because Edge was there. But when I think of his matches, the matches that come to me, the only one I've ever seen live was the Punjabi prison match, oh. which was <laughs> absolutely horrible. And the other two matches I remember the strongest are, was it the House of Horrors? Was that the name of that? Oh, with the oh. sperm. And, with the sperm. Oh, the House of Horrors and then the one yeah, down no. there. Yeah, there was the one with the babies in the fridge, the dollies. The hanging dogs, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. there was the sperm match. Yeah. I mean, he's had some And then the, real... the match at, at WrestleMania, yeah. which was awful. Yeah. It could have been awful. so good. I don't blame him for that one. He's got a, more than a touch of the Brocks, hasn't he? I think that's an issue. He has more than a touch of the Brocks, where if he really mm. fucking cares, he's going to put on a really fucking good match. And if he doesn't fucking care, he's going to come in, he's going to throw his arms up, he's going to do an RKO, and he's going to go home. And it's interesting to me who he does care about. That's what's always so interesting, right? Like like with Kofi, like when he's like, I'm going to give oh, Kofi the run cared. of his life. Woo. After shafting Kofi much earlier in his career, which I remember listening <laughs> to on a, on a podcast. <laughs> but poor Kofi. But, you know, he apologized for poor that. Poor Kofi. Yeah, no, like that was, the, his match with Kofi was one where I was like, all right, that's one in the win column. Yeah. Like that was, because that, <laughs> that was, is. that was probably, honestly, that is probably my favorite Randy match. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Mm. Yeah. Because I also, I mean, I love Kofi. I love Randy. And their two different styles um, mesh really well together. Did anyone see yeah. the documentary from like a million years ago when they were doing documentaries on everyone and his first wife was featured and she was telling the story of how they met and got together and the romance writer in me, actually the romance writer in me loves both of his both of his marriage stories but the first (laughs) wife they met in a bar and he was like came over to her and was like you're incredibly beautiful you're the most beautiful wife i've seen i have to know you i have to take you out i just really want to get to know you and she was like fuck you scumbag in a bar like no give me a chance and she's like okay i'll give you a chance i'm gonna tell you my phone number but you don't get to write it down and she told him her phone number one time and then walked out and he called her the next day and I was like, that All is right. some romance hero shit. That's some, uh, he's like repeating that number over cute. and over and over until someone found him a fucking napkin. You know, like that's yeah. that's a meet cute that's pretty good. And then the second wife was a member of his fan club, which has got a whiff of the Gary Newmans about it, but that's fine. They seem happy. Lindsay, would you like me to tell you the name of that documentary so that people can go watch it on Peacock? Yes, I would. <laughs> it is called Randy Orton. The evolution of a predator. Oh, oh wow. they could have thought that through. They could have thought that through. That's... They didn't get a second pair of eyes on that. Right? I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's an SVU. Episode. Did the documentarians <laughs> come out of a bush to interview him? And then Mariska Hargitay comes out, and it's like dun dun. Yeah, he thought he was going for a date. <laughs> like, oh, we just want to ask you a few questions. Yeah. Wait, what is this? <laughs> Is this your online name? Are you RKO three four seven? Yes. Are you are you RKO sixty nine four twenty XXX? Oh God! 
Are you Dachronic RKO69? I now just need to stop this podcast so I can search for those usernames because I know they exist. And that's what's oh, so they're... upsetting. That's what's It's so probably upsetting. someone on Twitter. You can probably find a bunch is. of those on Twitter. Those, those are all my AOL usernames. Uh, here's a list of people. A list of people who have said that he's the best in-ring talent ever. This is not an exhaustive list, but these are a few highlights. Brian Danielson. FTR. Both of them. <laughs> Bald and here? In, in case you thought FTR was just one person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> gun FTR and non-gun FTR? Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Forsyth Cena. Not his real middle name. Should be. Triple H. Not his real name at all. Dave Meltzer. Wow. All right. I don't think, has Randy ever even been to Japan? Uh, also, I did just want to confirm for Hal that uh, John what? Cena's middle names, because I had to look because I thought I knew, and then it turns out I did know, and it's still funny. Uh, it would be John Felix Anthony Cena. Felix. Felix. So I can't believe I knew that there was an yeah, F in there. Felix, like the cat. Felix, that's good. Yeah. I wish it was, I wish it was like Felix Underwood so he could have F-U-B as middle <laughs> initials. That would have been I just wish that, like, Too bad. we could pop into the parallel universe where he just went by Felix and how that would have changed his life. How some people go by their middle name because they've got the same name as their dad. Like, I would love to go into that universe and meet Felix Cena. And I see and see what show he's working on. You know, like is he peacemaker? Felix Cena is not peacemaker. I I want to know where he is. His name is Felix Cena. Cena. You can see him. (laughs) 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 He was actually very eager to be uh, a Nikki Bella kids. So Felix Cena. Yeah, yeah. He. She made him sign a contract. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be Stephanie. That would be Stephanie Garcia. That would be... That, if it's, it, she wouldn't be Stephanie yeah. Nicole. She would have to be Stephanie Garcia. That would be Felix Cena and Stephanie Garcia together in another life. Banging I, on a door. I bus. love this multiverse, right? <laughs> this is a good yeah. multiverse. Well, I can't believe we're going across the multiverse right now. <laughs> yeah, Randall who? What? Who uh, sp- <laughs> Speaking of Randall, because we mentioned Must him just we- briefly just then... <laughs> Let's walk through his music real quick. Uh, yes, please. Here's his original theme song, and uh, just you, you could never forget it once you've heard it. Hey! There's that good old Jim. Hey! I, too, have heard The Offspring. Hey! You can say... Is it a Bush song now? Like, what is happening here? That's the Randy Orton theme song I know. I'm glad I wore my rock wig today. It was a pretty good really rocking out. The gold falling in the background and he did his pose. That was awesome. That pose is money. Yeah. Yeah. That is that pose. I like how he adapts the pose slightly. Whether he's heel or face, and it's like you know, if it's more heelish, his arms are more outspread, wide, more like yeah, and yeah. like behold me. And when he's more he face, yeah. they're he a tilts little his bit head more, back. Yeah, and when he's face, they're more he like basks. above him to be like, it, like he's it gonna do a pirouette gives, anytime soon. 
Yeah. It gives like top model, just like yes. the ability to like have your arms exactly Slay. where yeah. they need to be in space, yeah. smizing. Oh, that motherfucker yeah. could smize. Like he would rinse top he model, smizes. actually. He would actually <laughs> destroy top model because he would give you something different in every frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would be a chameleon. They could put a wig on him. They could dress him up. I think he'd be down for it. If like he was in the right mood, I think he could really destroy top model. I want to see it. Well, let's let's take a walk through uh, to his current theme. Let's go to his current theme song, which is his other theme song. I have voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. It's a banger. There's no getting around the fact that it is an absolute yeah. fucking banger. Although I did used to think it was, I hear voices in my head, they count to me. I'm like, why are they counting? <laughs> oh, I thought it was they comfort me. I thought it was they comfort I think me. It, Up I until I just get, listened to it now and heard counsel, counsel me. counsel, right? Because I thought it was count to me for years. And I was like, yeah. what are they counting? Like, sheep? I, that, you should talk say, to someone yeah. about that. Like, that's weird. <laughs> I, I will say uh, the only time that theme ever disappointed me was when they did that live mm-hmm. at Mania and they had just done um, Bray's theme yeah. live at Mania <laughs> and it was like oh you can't you yeah. can't follow that you poor lamb. I, I, mm-hmm. yeah. I, you, that's not fair to you yeah. like why would they do that to you <laughs> yeah they should have let Randall come out first and, and we would have been like oh cool and then forgotten about it instead of going aww Oh, <laughs> they tried. Bad. These men tried. No masks. No masks. Not a mask to be just just a band playing a song. Well, do love mm. the song though. And I do think <laughs> it's a big part of his appeal because I think you know when we get the song right. When you get the song right, it's such a massive fucking thing, right? Because it means you mm-hmm. can always get that pop from every time that song appears out of nowhere. You're like, yeah, it's better than an RKO. It's like, oh, it's Randy's song. It's Randy's song. It's also, it's one of those songs where from the first note, you know, like, exactly. I hear it. yeah. it's like, pop! Like, yeah. as soon as you hear that. Yeah. Right up there with Steve Austin, with Edge, with Brett. It's like, I know what this is. With Sasha's is. first theme. Aww, <laughs> the Rock. I know. Yeah, with people who yeah. you know what it is from the very first fucking second. LA Knight. Yeah. Now Nikki LA Bella. Knight. I'm going to say it. You Nikki, can't, it's true. You can't touch. It's a fucking perfect song for a wrestler. And I, I, I um, AJ Lee, like, yeah. Yeah, a- yeah, AJ Lee, another great one where it's like, as soon as you hear the first note, it's like, oh, that's it, yeah. I'm popping. I don't have to like wait through like a bunch of guitar riffs that sound like every other guitar riff. And it's a perfect, perfect fit. To put a button on this, what do you think his, uh, uh, yes, I'm using the word legacy. Okay. Not a pun, uh, just the word. It's the correct word to use here, everybody. <laughs> calm down. Will you calm down about it? What do you think his legacy will be in WWE and pro wrestling as a whole? I think he's going to be one of those dudes where you remember him as a very strong worker that the boys really liked, but who didn't necessarily have a lot of crossover appeal, except for the RKO, which does go viral every pool season. Because every pool season, you've got a bunch of people on TikTok, like RKOing their little brothers, little sisters and girlfriends into a pool. Yeah. And also you get the joy of everyone finding out what RKO means because it sounds so cool. And then you realize it's just his initials and his middle name is Keith. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I agree completely. I think that that will be it. I think it will be, I mean, obviously he will be a first round pick Hall of Famer. He will be a lock. He has a job for life. Uh, And I think it will just be a lot of people 
lining up to say what a fucking great worker he was. There is still such an argument to say, did he, has he, will he live up to the potential? He was never a crossover star, but they never really tried to make him a crossover star. Did he ever? They I, don't he don't mention that movie, no, it Daniel. Wasn't the, was it the... He was a marine. Was he marine? was a marine, no. but I felt like he was. But he did another one too. Marine, and then he was a racist person in a Netflix. That's film. what I am, is what he called. That's what I am, <laughs> says Randall. A bag. So they did. They. <laughs> they look. So they did like try, but well, it didn't. You I know, think they maybe they tried, but did he try? Did he? Care? That's a fair point. I, I well, I I agree with that. He said he wants his legacy. He believes his legacy is going to be the guy who never left WWE. Like Aww. he never went to Hollywood. But there is a small, there's a small handful of people whose skills as a as a re, as a performer in in the world of professional wrestling translate. Cena translates, like, he figured it out really fast. The Rock laid the foundation for Mm -hmm. that. You know, Hogan obviously tried a bunch of times, but never fit because he was always Hulk Hogan. Yeah. The Batista, obviously Dave Batista's become a huge star and figured it out. Like He's going to win an Oscar. That's not... I'm I'm putting it down. He's going to win an award. Like, an Emmy or an Oscar or something. For sure. There are guys, gals and non-binary pals, who are able to work well outside of wrestling. Then there are those who for whom wrestling is the thing that they're the best yeah, at. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. It's not it's not less than or anything. It's just a separate discipline that that Randy is on top of. And there are other people like that. Like uh like Sasha Banks is someone I would point to who is much better suited to be wrestling and spend limited time on the microphone than ever be on camera in any other role because that's and that's opinion. Well, no. That's all opinion. I think Becky is the one who would be a great who'd be a great actor. I think Bianca Belair has mm-hmm. the potential to be uh to be a huge star in film and television if she chooses. I think it will take a lot of training, yeah, but, but I but think that uh... she has that she yeah. has that I'm going to figure it out and do it. like she like that's just her personality and and the the that drive has to be there as opposed yeah. to like, I want to do this because it'll be fun. Even Punk has the ability to, uh, he could have gone that path had he wanted to. I think there was he made potential movie, there because right? he's very natural. Um, yeah, I, he, yeah, he chose to, he chose to get real life punched in the face instead of doing yeah. what I, I mean, if it was me, I would have pivoted to acting. But also... Wrestling is a valid art form in and of itself. I think we 100%. do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times wrestling fans, especially like casual fans, put a lot of um, emphasis over like, if you're not a crossover, then like it doesn't. And it's like, no, like wrestling in and of itself in the bubble is also like being at the top of the wrestling game is one of the most difficult things yeah. in the fucking world, you know? Yeah. And the man lives in fucking Missouri, you know? He's not banging down Hollywood doors. He's living yeah. his life. He's doing his thing. Randall's going to Randall. Um, thankfully, today that means something much more positive than it has in the past. Yes. And do you know what? Like, if he's happy with that, like you say, it's so interesting, right? Like, we all want to see that crossover. Not just in wrestling. I see it across every industry now. It's like, oh, you achieved in your industry? Like, what What are you going to do now, though? you gotta do, You got to achieve on this industry for me to say that you're a success. It's like... He his dream was yeah. wrestling and he fucking killed it. Yeah. Imagine a like, life. Oh, you have a number one hit. Yeah, uh, you have oh, a number one, one hit. hit now you have to have makeup. Yeah, do you, are you gonna do a movie? Your movie fucking sucked. Oh yeah, you have a bra line. I hate your bra line. You know, it's like, imagine a world <laughs> where we all excelled in the thing that we dreamed of when we were young and were fucking happy with it. What a life. <laughs> 
What a, that should be his Hall of Fame speech. Mm-hmm. Right after he says, "Sorry, I yeah, apologize. Sorry for about the N word. <laughs> I apologize for the N word. Sorry, I shit in that bag. Who who wants to drink there on me? Like that's that's where we're at. There you go. Mm. Well, with as lengthy a career as Randy Orton has had, you're bound to have some thoughts on him. So why don't you visit us on all the socials that you can find in our show notes and do it there. That's the appropriate thing. When we come back, we've got three things from wrestling that you should know about. That's up next on Tights and Fights. If you're black, you probably love you some Paramore, huh? Or what about the TV show Golden Girls? Ginger Ale? Daytime television? Don't lie, I know you love at least one of them. I'm Sequoia Holmes, pop culturist and host of Black People Love Paramore. Contrary to the title, it is not a podcast about the band Paramore. Each episode, I, along with the special guest co-host, dissect one pop culture topic that mainstream media doesn't necessarily associate with Black people, but we know we like. Tune in every other Thursday to the podcast that's dedicated to helping Black people feel more seen. Black People of Paramore is now on the Maximum Fun Network. Check out the most recent episode featuring Shar Jassel today. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have a special announcement. I'm no longer embarrassed by my brother, my brother, and me. You know, for years, each new episode of this supposed advice show was a fresh insult, a depraved jumble of erection jokes, ghost humor, and frankly, this is for the best, very little actionable advice. But now, as they enter their twilight years, I'm as surprised as anyone to admit that it's gotten kind of good. Justin, Travis, and Griffin's witticisms are more refined, like a humor column in a fancy magazine. And they hardly ever say bazinga anymore. So, after you've completely finished listening to every single one of all of our other shows, why not join the McElroy Brothers every week for My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined by... Danielle Radford. And... Lindsay Kelk. Before we get to our next segment, our producer Julian would like to issue a correction on behalf of Tights and Fights. Go ahead. I did used to be a journalist, and, uh, you know, fact-checking is, uh, is something I love to do. Uh, Randy, here's uh, the movies that Randy Orton, the WWE films that Randy was a part of. Uh, we mentioned That's What I Am. The other ones uh, were 12 Rounds Reloaded. That's what I was thinking. Oh, and yeah. Banger, The actually. Condemned 2, uh, the sequels to the John Cena movie and the uh, Steve Austin movie, respectively. Yeah. Now, why wasn't he considered to be a Marine? That was the WWE's flagship one, and I'll tell you why. He was cast to be in The Marine 2, but he broke his collarbone. Mm. Couldn't do, couldn't oh, be he part got of the bumped shoot. for DiBiase. Mm. Yes, Ted DiBiase got the job after that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then... He was considered for the Marine 3, the first one that The Miz got. But then either he or the filming company or somebody decided that because he was actually a Marine and he was less than uh, honorably yeah, discharged, he was oh, discharged, probably right? wasn't the best nope. look. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. That's, yeah, that's... Not, not dishonorably, less than honorably <laughs> oh, discharged. Less than honorably. Didn't he go AWOL yeah. like twice? Didn't yes, he just exactly. fuck off? <laughs> yeah, that can't be part of the press tour. <laughs> 
Thank you for your service, Randy. In the pre- in the Predator documentary, he does tell the story of how this happened. ACAP so. says, Randy, ACAP. Like, he's just going home. I'm going Make home. A-Mab. A-Mab. I think A-Mab, A-Mab would be that one. But yes. A-Mab. Oh, I'm tired, says Randall. I am not getting up at 4 a.m. to do push-ups, and I will be in 12 rounds reloaded instead. <laughs> God bless. Well, there you have it. Thank you, Julian, for, <laughs> Thanks, for Julian. ringing in with that. Now you know, and knowing is all of the battle. RKO, American hero. <laughs> we are going to share three things for the wrestling world for you right now that you should know about. This is the three count. Watch my three count. One, Danielle. Um, so a very irritating thing that happens on the internet these days are people going up to randos in malls, on street corners, on Hollywood Boulevard, shoving mics and cameras in their face, and then asking them embarrassing questions. Oftentimes these are sketches, sometimes we don't know. This one, if it is a sketch, these are very talented actors. Um, in this case, a dude goes up to a man and his wife and asks them, hey, like, let's look through your phones together. And so they look through each other's phones and he's like, okay, well, the wife is good. And then he looks through the man's Snapchat uh, and this happens. Who is Liv? Morgan. Can we look through the chat? Swipe up. Why didn't I hear from you? They Talk to me, them. Robert. They sent stuff, I didn't reply back because I didn't. That's what she a WWE wrestler. She's like, yeah, and then she kept asking all these questions. Let's, let's keep swiping up. We got history. Are you single? Do you have children? Probably didn't answer. I thought it was stupid. You did. Uh, yeah, you you get all of your fans. You get to know all your fans. Yeah. Dude, who runs this account is terrible. Like the amount, <laughs> the amount of silence I had to sit through for that. <laughs> Look, the. Yeah, and what'd I'm- you do? Did you text him? <laughs> uh, what's this? Can I see your phone? And, and but look, here's the thing. Um, I am always bewildered by folks who get taken in by these fake celebrity accounts and these fake WWE accounts. Look, this is not to be lookist, but like if you're a regular schmegular dude who is a fan of someone, they are not randomly texting you. Liv Morgan is like literally on the road with the people who are living their dream, doing exactly what she does and who look like they could kill it in America's Next Top Model. So like, don't don't entertain the fact that any of these people are. Because <laughs> what they're trying to do is be like, hey, um, I lost my passport. Can you give me $2,000? And you'll be like, yes, because you're Liv Morgan and I love you. So uh, lessons learned all around. And I- I'm messy, so I had to put that over. Okay, I'm done. I say keep love alive. You never know <laughs> who's going to fall in love with it. You don't have to play music like Billy Joel to end up with a woman like Christy Brinkley. Okay? That's, that's true. That's my lesson sure. for everybody. Also... Don't be a fucking dumbass. <laughs> this shit is fake. What are you stupid? It's not a it's not a hookup playground for you. Lindsay. Oh, uh, I just I kind of just want to put the same thing over again just so that we can go back and watch that man just lie uh, um, in real it time. It's where she's like, You did reply. No, I didn't. Can I see your text? Yes, you did. 
Well, yeah, but it's like you just said you didn't, but we're looking at it with our eyes. You fucking fool. Also, if anyone stops you in a mall and they're holding a camera with like a fucking rogue mic attached to the top, run. Run. Push them in the face. Never stop. Never Can I look through your phone? No. Suck my dick. No. Actually, as a journalist, I've only ever asked one person if I could look at their phone because the interview just went sideways and there was nothing to say. And it was Bailey. Bailey's phone was full of delightful things. Delightful images of animals, uh, paramour songs, and text from Haley Williams. Uh, so that was lovely. <gasps> Lindsay, tell the truth. She was uh, she was engaged in a DM relationship with a fake hacksaw. Jim no, Duggan, she had been texting it. Prince Harry, but he he spelled it with like an I at the end, so you wouldn't know it was him. Uh, but it was She's definitely like, Look, real. You know it's Jim Duggan. <laughs> the first thing it wrote was "Ho." Oh. <laughs> Who else could it be? And then, look, here's an American flag. And I asked him Tell me about his 2 by 4 and he replied first with a question mark, then a lol, because he did know what I was yeah. talking about. Um, yeah. No, I do, I do want to put that back And he wrote pin, over. question mark? But what I'm actually going to put over is, um, <laughs> just very briefly, a friend of mine went to a screening of The Iron Claw last night. Oh, my God. Um, and by the oh. time you're listening to this, I believe it will be out. I think it's out December 18th, so there or thereabouts. So we'll be very close to the Iron Claw being in cinemas. Um, my friend mm. is not a wrestling fan, knows <laughs> nothing about wrestling, knew nothing about the story. And he texted me afterwards and it just said, what the fuck? And I said, did you enjoy it? And he sees a lot of movies, like he's a big, big movie guy. And he was like, I thought this was going to be one of those heartwarming Rex to riches sports stories. And it fucking wasn't. (laughs) I I was obviously enjoying this response massively. He was like, the fucking body count. I'm like, yes, the body count. Not a spoiler, because I'm sure anyone knows this, knows the vague story of the Von Erichs, but I won't go into it. Um, But that's the first person I know that has seen it. And the first person I know who is not a wrestling person to see it. And he said it was exceptional. Um, but grim. Mm. And I'm like, we already know it's grim, buddy. <laughs> we already know that. And <laughs> then a- he asked me why we like wrestling and I couldn't answer that question. But I am excited <laughs> to see it. Uh, I want to put over Kevin for taking that that, that L <laughs> for the team. Oh, okay. oh my Kevin. <laughs> it was a day Thank after you. his birthday too. I'm like, dude, why didn't oh, you go and Kev. see fucking Wish or something? Like, what is wrong with you? Um, I feel like yeah. this is going to be like like this generation's like magic mic. Remember we all went in there being yes. like, oh hell yeah, hot dudes. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, it's a sad story about a man who just wants to make furniture. Yeah. And then they made it up to us in magic mic too. So maybe they'll do an Ooh, iron, iron claw, claw too where it's just sexy. <laughs> Sexy Iron Claw. Let's Iron Claw Two. Let's get sexy. That's what it will be called, and it will be yes. fantastic. And Zach will be back in shape. It's it's going to be good. I'm excited for Iron Claw 2, Let's Get Sexy. That's what I'm putting over. Iron Claw 2, Let's Get Sexy. Let's get sexy. All right. Sounds good. Hey, uh, when I was in high school, uh, somebody came up to me. I was like, hey, I have this cassette tape. I was like, what's on the cassette tape? They're like, it's these two guys in New York doing prank calls. It was the Jerky Boys. That's right. It was before they had albums, before they had actual deals. I had, I had like two underground tapes of theirs. I'm a big fan of of the prank calls. And apparently, so is WWE's Zelina Vega, <laughs> who has taken to prank calling people. There's, uh, there's, I don't know which one we're going to get here. There's one where she prank calls. You can, you can follow her on TikTok. She's, she's Thea Trinidad on there. Uh, and there's one where she's, she's pranking. She's pranking Kofi. <laughs> and 
and her husband comes in and just squats and stares for a second and then leaves. <laughs> Malachi uh, is, Malachi. <laughs> yeah, Malachi's out, Malachi's out there chilling. Here is a sampling of Zelita Vega's version of uh, Saul Rosenberg. Here it is. Who, who, are you, who are you looking for? I'm looking for the idiot that was eating pancakes behind the freaking thing at CBS and said I couldn't have my Viagra pills and the lady next to me was laughing and telling me that my booty looked weird. But I'm telling you now, I'm, I'm over waiting for this freaking prescription. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I, I mean, I really actually can't do it anymore. So I need the help. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I don't I don't think I can. I mean, I like, I do like a good pancake. Unfortunately, I can't help you though, man. <laughs> she makes fun of him losing his accent. She She's... She starts roasting him essentially, and he he is laughing and having a good time. And then Malachi walks in and is basically doing extra work. And it's uh, it's just a real joy. She has a lot of voices, but that that is probably the closest to her. That would be her Saul Rosenberg. So all of her shoes and glasses are with her, and we are all with her as she makes these calls. She all of her social medias are amazing, by the way. Yeah, yeah. She was in a movie with The Rock. She was. She was. Also, uh, she was. She played AJ Lee. Recently became a mother to her tenth cat. For those keeping count, out of control. It's too many cats. Ten cats. Ten cats <laughs> is too many cats. Point, people. Too it's many too cats. Many cats. <laughs> and I love cats. It's too many cats. You think it was weird for her to meet CM Punk? A little. Gotta be a little. Since she weird. like like hey, she I played, played his wife. Your wife. How's that going? Ten like, years ago, this would with, have been with, a very different interaction you and I were having. <laughs> with like a pitch perfect impression, yeah. too. That may, I mean, maybe it was more weird for him <laughs> than it was for her. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm still hung up on what the cat feeding budget is in that house. Do you think they have pet insurance? <sighs> that shit's not free. Like Off the chain. Insurance on 10 cats? That's $400 a month. This is madness. That's a lot. Yeah. This is madness. At this point, it's, it's kitties watching kitties. It's like the parentification yes. of like Tati Potato and yeah. like all of them have to watch the other cats yeah. now. Oh, like Tubby Tomato and Potty Potato. Like he's furious. Just rage in that <laughs> white cat's eyes. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? You told me I was the only one. <laughs> That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Daniel Radford and Lindsay Kelk, along with me, Hal Lublin. Uh, if you have not watched Venture Brothers, Radiant as the Blood of the Baboon Heart, you should check it out. I'm in that. I'm also uh, in very... If you can spot my voice in in the background of Quiz Lady, all more power to you. You should watch it anyway, because it's really good. Um, you be yeah. hiding stuff. I'm hiding it. Well, I couldn't talk about it you for a long time, because I was on strike. Yeah. Um, uh, you can also listen to my other podcast. We got this with Knock and Hell and Good Morning Night Vale, the recap, the one and only official recap show of Welcome to Night Vale. Mm. And you can follow me at Hal Lublin on all socials, but leave me alone. <laughs> Danielle? Um, yeah, follow me on all socials. I'll put up anything there. I am doing um, this show that I love on Cracked right now called Staff Picks, where uh, a bunch of us just kind of 
we're the idea is that we are and it's not an idea like this is actually the plan we are building the perfect video rental store and so while we're building the perfect video rental store we all get together we pick a bunch of movies um and then we friendly debate them i have done a show where we fight about movies this is more of a lively fun debate and then we all get together a consensus and like decide which movies are going to go up on our staff picks wall in our best video store ever which again we are going to do and that is on cracked those i believe are like weekly we just did i i'm not sure which one is coming out next week but the one that we did the week that we are taping this uh we just did a bunch of godzillas and so go and and watch like we just did a month of godzilla and talking about all of the fantastic uh godzilla movies so because bonkers godzilla is the best godzilla so Go check that out. Crack.com staff picks. Lindsay. Books. Super easy. Books. Books, 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 books. Read the Christmas wish. It's really good. It's that time. It's that time. The Christmas wish. If you've already read it, buy it for other people. It's fun for all the family. And if you read the Christmas wish and you've already given it to everyone you know, have you read Love Me Do? And given that to everyone you know. Have you read On a Night Like This? And given that to everyone you know. That's kind of Christmassy. There's Christmas in there. I shoehorned that fucker in. Uh, like, check I them feel out. like every time we talk about the Christmas wish, like one of us needs to hit that Mariah Carey whistle. No, like it's time. I know. It's I know. Here. And she's never once come around to my house and done it herself, which I think is so rude. Rude. So yeah, rude. Mean. Uh, but yeah, I got books. Books make great presents. Books make great gifts. Even if they're not my books, please, for the love of God, buy someone you know a book. Buy everyone a book just to remind people about them. I think people forget books books exist. And sometimes getting a book as a gift over the holidays when you actually might have time to enjoy it can be such a special thing because you're like, oh, shit, I remember doing this and it being good for my mental health and brain to not look at a screen and to disappear into a world that someone spent hours and hours of their life carefully crafting for me. Uh, And it's fun for you. That's the wild thing, right? We forget that reading is fun. We we think of reading as a task, as a chore, and it's like news just in, reading fun. Many of the TV and movies that you enjoy came from books and you could read those. And then you don't have to wait for the movie and the TV. You can just read the fucking book. Like, go wild. Go crazy. <laughs> Our producer is the patented pun, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Thank you to all the Max Fun members that keep this show going. Keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels. There's Those are in the show notes. Find our Tights and Fights WrestleMania shirt at maxfunstore.com. Celebrate ice cream Christmas all year long. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Here comes the pain. Bow to the masters. This is a podcast. They are podcasters. Max Fun's the network. Dice and Fights is the name. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported directly. By you.